right, here we are with another episode of the Cosmic Salon, and I have a very special guest here to chat, Mr. James Bartley. I had met him through doing a pre-record of Nox Mente with Jerry, and during that, like so many key people in my life that have been through the same things, we had layers of connection and it was apparent immediately from the content that was going forth between James and I for sure during that episode. And so we are bringing this forward. With that, I'm going to let James come on and introduce himself. Hello, James. It's a pleasure to have you back. Likewise, Anishka, really pleased to be here. For people that may not know who you are, just a synopsis of who you are and what's bringing you to the table of the collective. My name is James Bartley. I've got my own podcast called The Cosmic Switchboard Show. You can find it at thecosmicswitchboard.com. And I've had a lifetime of experiences with, with ETs, interdimensionals, military abductions, uh, been pulled in to deep black military operations, very high tech, uh, involving what seems to be alien technology, and also military involvement and interaction with, for lack of a better term, aliens. I've particularly focused on what my mentor, the late Barbara Bartholick, referred to as the reptilian overlordship. So I study as much as I can about the various uh, dynamics, um, internal mechanism, the outward manifestations of the reptilian control system, which we see all around us. This Babylon, Illuminati, Hollywood uh, lie system that's been foisted upon us uh, everywhere we turn. It's becoming more and more blatant. So uh, that's where a lot of my focus has been, Nishka. Yes, and this is where we have definite overlap. So it's a pleasure. I uh, was trying to get caught up in your world last night a little bit, and I don't even know where to start. There's so much here to get into. I feel like we should just get into the meat of this. With the stuff I'm out in public talking about right now, and that's the war we're in, and that's the takeover that's happening. It's already happened, but it's now on the ground level. And I feel like we should just jump into the meat of that, if you're willing. Yes, let's do so. One of the things I'm noticing, and we talked about this on the obelisk, there is something going on with the rules that are being imposed upon the masses of people. And there's a different lens in which to look at the social distancing and the masking. And that's where we kind of left off on the last interaction we had. And so just to recap for some people that may be new to this, and that show hasn't actually aired yet, but I've been on the radio talking about this. There is a reasoning for this social distancing and a reasoning for the mask. And lots of things are piggybacked onto that. Of course, this is how all this works. This is how mass trauma works. This is how mass enslavement works. But I want to get down past the ideas of training people. These are beings that are coming in. They've been coming in and they are taking over people. I've been describing it like invasion of the body snatchers without the pods. There's an ability to take over a human corpse if it's fresh. And of course, we long know about the walk-in situation where you give contract to whatever to come in and you just step out. There's all that stuff going on. But this is a more nefarious situation. And this is with entities that are here to take over and really come into open rule, which is where I believe we are personally. I think we're stepping into this idea of open rule, and shortly we will be able to see this more clearly, like putting on those glasses and they live. And so that's kind of where we left off. And you had brought forward that your mentor had also talked about the freshness of a body. And so just to 
bring this home also the distancing and the masking the masking covers something in the transition the distancing also and the masking also covers something as well which could be an aroma and the distancing certainly i think has something to do with an aroma here a scent given off now i don't know the particulars here i have no idea but this is stuff i've been shown and it's part of what i see and i have seen a takeover with people in my periphery world and i've talked about that with the lady at the the grocery store that i deal with all the time who didn't know me and then two weeks later she knew me again and it was very strange and that story's out there and that's happened now a few times eventually the possession is complete and all the periphery stuff is intact and laid down so me as a periphery person in that woman's life that comes in regularly that she likes to chat with because I'm unusual and I stick out but not enough not like her husband or her kids and everything in the periphery so when she was in the process of being taken over I I mean I don't want to sugarcoat this the parasitical whatever it is in her that took over only recognized the essential stuff to get through her life. So again, the husband, the children, all that stuff just to get through all the periphery stuff. I was not, she did not know who I was. Absolutely not. So I played along with the game in that situation. And I've done that since there's a point when all that clicks in. So now she knows me, our interactions are almost normal, but they're not, it's not as warm and there's not that soul there. There's not that feeling of uh, empathy in there anymore. It's gone to coldness and I'm not sure what else, but if I were not paying attention to this, she would totally pass. I would not know. And this is why it's been an effective Trojan horse. This is kind of where James and I left off. What are your thoughts on this right now, James, with all this, and especially now that everything's talking second lockdown and the rules are becoming stricter with mask and distancing? Well, it comes down to the breathing. So many of the holistic naturopathic spiritual practices have to do with the breath, breath work, the ability to intake not just a lung full of air, but get it down, way down as far as possible. It's the breath of life. And so when we're masked, we're compelled to wear masks, not only is there the, the symbolic act of submission that the mask wearing implies being all veiled up. Think about the uh, in some of the Islamic countries, for example, but when we're forced to wear a mask, that breathing in, breathing out of fresh oxygen is severely disrupted. What we have in its place is this fetid recycling. And it seems to, if I didn't know any better, Nishka initiates this process of decay that makes it that much easier for these entities to get in because with the lack of oxygen intake, we become lightheaded. A fugue state sort of sets in, and that makes it that much easier to be suggestible. That makes it that much easier for these entities to exert a more malign influence within us. Because as you pointed out in the intro, a brilliant intro there, by the way, that's what this is all about ultimately is this replacement of the original organic souls or what passes for them or the fragments thereof. With this archontic, parasitic, hive consciousness that comes in and takes people over very much in invasion of the body snatchers fashion, except without the pods, pods that you were talking about. And we're already seeing this mass psychosis taking place as a means of retaining some degree of control and some degree of power. Many of these people who are living in a state of fear because of this alleged pandemic, they've gone from being the sheeple 
to becoming the sheep dogs, and they've become very hostile, accusatory. In the old days, there was this notion of uh, the spirit of accusation, which would come over people. It was it literally is, as we know, this archontic, uh, parasitic hosting entity or entities that come over people. And we've all been subject to this, especially for in this field, where certain individuals just start lashing out at you for no apparent reason, accusing you of all kinds of heinous things. And think about the witch, witch hunts. Think about the Inquisition. There's something to be said about this spirit of accusation, this demonic force that enters into people, and they start demonizing others. And that's what we have here in mass now. We have these people who've been shunted into the lizard part of the brain, fear, rage, and they've been mobilized, essentially. They are an activated fifth column. They are what is referred to in the military as a force multiplier. So <clears throat> to the point now when some elderly woman or a pregnant woman or an innocent person is assaulted by the police for not practicing social distancing or not wearing a mask. To be sure, some of them will be trolls, but many are not. They will chime in in social media and say, well, the person got what they had coming. They're threatening everyone else you know, because of their misguided notions of freedom and, and personal liberty. They're endangering the rest of us, right? So these are people that have been shunted into the lizard part of their brain, and they're lashing out now. The energy's working through them. The, certain philosophies, certain ideologies open people up to this demiurge archontic hosting process. Just as certain drugs like crystal methadone and its, its variants, derivatives, can open people up to entity possession. Certain ideologies, nothing more than the, the communist ideology in all its guises and all its paths in all its variants. And what we're seeing now is communism uh, writ large. It's taught everywhere in the schools, increasingly down to the elementary school level. Increasingly, more and more people over, over time have been shunted into this R-complex lizard part of their brain where they're highly emotive, highly reactive, unable to critically think, unable to critically analyze and they just, in Pavlovian fashion, they just react strong emotions or they just react to certain stimuli, visual, auditory, uh, symbology. You know, the American flag, for example, can really set people off nowadays. And this is all deliberate. And it comes down to the breath, too. And we've seen this buildup over time where this uh, individual, this, this this black man, was choked to death in New York City several years back. He was ganged up on by a bunch of police. Police, There were protests about it. And then the police started wearing these shirts, you know, breathe easy, right, almost in a mocking fashion. And then we have this whole George Floyd psychodrama, and it's questionable whether this guy's even dead or not. But it set off this whole... I mean, it's interesting how they run in parallel, and then they interlink this whole pandemic-alleged thing going on and this communist insurrection that was wrought by all these Antifa-style, George Soros-funded activities. So what we're seeing definitely has everything to do with the breath, everything to do with, and the social distancing, I feel, detaches us from, from our humanity, where we're afraid to interact, we're afraid to come in contact with one another the ones who've really been on the receiving end uh, unfortunately are the elderly and the elderly in a very real tangible way is our link to the past I mean there are many elderly now in nursing homes that are dying in droves first of all they're killed off by the, the, vaccine, you know, the flu vaccines and then they're just written off as just dying and then now this whole COVID thing, many of these senior citizens and elderly, they have a contextual background. They know what came before. They know what, what's going on now. And they're not even allowed 
to have their loved ones around them when they're dying anymore. They're completely isolated, and their deaths are going to be written off as COVID. So in a very real sense, the past, our institutional memory, not only in the form of statuary, statues, memorials, everything else, this is a true communist activity here with the actual people who can connect us to the past uh, that's being taken away. And pretty soon, the elderly, a lot of them will have passed away. Um, and the only ones left, really, by and large, aside from people like us, will be these brainwashed you know, pod people, Nishka. Yes, I agree. The breathing is very essential here because it is a portal in and of itself. It's such a key factor in the functioning of our vehicles that we inhabit, that we move within in this realm. And to stammer it is one thing, and that can be done through, say, the successive smoke from fires, which we have been under here. We're not under anymore, but at one point it was terrible here. Also from chemtrailing. However, there's something a little bit more sinister with the idea of getting everyone to bend, right? By creating a drama that gets people to participate in the theater that's going on, there's sport to it. And this is significant, in my opinion. The idea of this is a different aspect of playing with your food, so to speak. This is creating more adrenalized hormonal signatures in the outer world on a mass level. So not just from the people that capitulate to this, the degree that will follow along, this signals who will do that, of course, but also, and almost more importantly, those that are resisting the rebel gene, if you will. And this is, of course, identifying those people in a very easy to see way because they're literally fighting this by not wearing masks and and all that, which is fantastic, but it's also showing who you are. Therefore, there's creating more tension between those who will and those who won't, creating more adrenalized environment for these things that swim, are swimming around with us that we're not able to see. And then it becomes more sporty. And that's specific, and that's why I keep saying it's more sporty, because I think this identifies a certain class of being. Don't you think, James? Yes, it's it's degenerated, as it was designed to, into a mass louche vest. The, the heightened emotions, and they're all of the negative frequency bandwidth, or most of them anyway, of fear, of rage, fear of one's own personal extinction, uh, the demonized other, i.e. those who choose not to wear masks, those who choose to assemble in public. And look at the response that we've had. The the world by now is seeing the over-the-top reaction in Victoria, Victoria, Australia, where the cops are just attacking people uh, left, right, and center. And that's designed to instill this fear of people within people who are in the know, people who know this is part of a mass global lockdown. It's meant to deter others from exercising their right to free speech and peaceable assembly and whatnot. And I was watching some of the video, Nishka, uh, of some of these cops, and they also are masked. And some of them give off a distinctly non-human vibe. Yes. Now, we've known we've known for some time, especially in America, because of the Israelification of American and increasingly um, the Commonwealth law enforcement. So many uh, police officers and sheriffs are sent over to Israel for seasoning and indoctrination, where they're conditioned to see the populace as the enemy. And 
in the recruitment process in America for a long time. They've used, I forget the exact uh, name of it, I think is the Minnesota Multiphasic Psychological Evaluation. And people must understand that the whole concept of the psyche valves was developed in World War II by an OSS psychologist, uh, Henry Murray, I think his name was. This guy later went on and mind-controlled and programmed Theodore Kaczynski, who became the, the Unabomber. And this guy, Professor Henry Murray, uh, and you know, I'm not casting any judgment or value judgments here, but he was, for all intents and purposes, a cross-dressing uh, sadist. And uh, he developed the modern psyche valve, which corporations and uh, government agencies utilize to screen their applicants. And they find, fine-tuned these psyche valves to the point where they can identify who amongst the applicants are either psychopaths or borderline psychopaths with a little bit of tweaking and a little bit of indoctrination can turn into proper psychopaths. They are actively and have been recruiting these types of individuals. And we know from a supernatural spiritual perspective, Nishka, that so many of these psychopaths are essentially reptilian hybrid hosts. They've been taken up as hosts probably even before birth, some of them, by these by one or more of these entities. They are physically, genetically, indeed spiritually predisposed to being taken up as a host. So just as in that movie, They Live, where once the eyeglasses or the sunglasses are put on, it becomes apparent that the whole world, all the institutions, are run by these non-human beings. We see this in, in cinema. We see this, in, of course, in, in the major media, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's so apparent now that so much of law enforcement, so much, so much of the military are taken up by these non-human entities uh, in, in the guise of humans. And I saw that clearly with, with these cops, because when you cut off or you severely limit the air supply, and I'm coming from a perspective of an asthmatic, so I know what I'm talking about, right? That will necessarily limit the, the duration and the degree of effort of uh, any physical activity. And yet these cops seem to be like energy, uh, you know, <laughs> those battery bunnies we see in the commercials. They could just go on and on and on. It doesn't seem like they're affected at all by this limited air supply, right? Uh, because I think they're acting under some kind of spiritual program. There's no conscious, no empathy, and, and they've been rolled out in droves. So it's there's very much a a supernatural aspect to the mask wearing. There's a to the social distancing. A lot of it goes back to these binding social and not not just social but spiritual contracts, tacit, uh, under duress or otherwise. That when people acquiesce and go along with this. What they're doing at a soul level is they're making binding agreements, which they're not aware of. So this is not only going to impact them in their mortal coil, Nishka, but the potential exists that this can impact future incarnations as well. This kneeling down, this knuckling under, this wearing mask, and this acquiescence. I've been in trying to propose the idea of how we breed dogs or cats or anything else to get what we want. So say you start with a standard poodle, the regular poodle that was always around when we started to have them and then start downbreeding them to get to teacups, which are very fashionable from the 1700s on. This is a generational agenda. And you brought up earlier the idea of the witch hunts. For an example, in the medieval period, this is definitely connected to that. And I think we could chain this all the way back with certain groups because 
we are conditioned or are normal humans, you know, that are a, a mix of races, not just the races on the earth, but a, a, you know, we're a genetic petri dish. Uh, there is an agenda here. And this is like in the Middle Ages, creating that scare and all that adrenalized, hormonalized energy with not only pandemics, but then heretical stuff through the church. The really, this is just in Europe, just that clamping down of the landlord versus the folk trying to pay the landlord and this constant restraint and fear that happened before the Renaissance, really. And and the Renaissance had its share of stuff as well, but during these really dark periods where we start where we see these pandemics and extra hammer or boot to the face these are calling events but they're also deeper social programming events it's interesting my uh, my electrical stuff is flashing here <laughs> we're going to get into that in the second hour james and i have uh, angered the ai and so that is something to consider when we're looking at this particular fractal or mirror because everything you just said is at play and there's a reason it's at play. This is not random. This is the next step of breeding down the food, really. A lot of people just want to overlook this. People in ufology do this is a hot topic and people will talk about it behind closed doors everyone will talk about it behind closed doors but not a lot of people are actually out front talking about this aspect and i think people can deal with it and i think it needs to be brought forward now specifics and personal lives i get and that's why we all have some second hours and curtains however that's happening. So this next phase of the breeding down of the chattel is at play along with this open rule that's coming on through vehicles such as a pandemic and uh, ideas of cutting off air supply and memes like I can't breathe and stuff like this. This is a full frontal attack. It is something I think and hope that at this point, as we look at the second wave coming in, that people start to see beyond the ones they want to trust, that it's become so absurd that there is a more questioning going on. I'm seeing both sides. I always try to stand in the center of everything. Thank you to martial arts training and just doing a lot of work on myself, having had gone through hell that a lot of us have. You find that center line. And so looking at both sides of this, standing here in my bubble and looking out onto the world, what I'm seeing is a lot of darkness. I do not see light right now. I want to believe. I want to hope. I want to see that this works out. But at this point, James, what I see is the plan moving forward. And these overlords that are now infiltrating down to the base level and really... I think ultimately wiping out a lot of the stock that did its purpose getting the breed to where they wanted it. Now they're going to stabilize the breed, which is a select bit as always to now have the teacup poodle or whatever you will. Yeah, I'm just using it as an analogy and the rest are expendable. And this is why we're seeing a lot of people transition out now that are 35 and older 
it's very noticeable. And I personally know so many people right now, not from the pandemic side of things, but so many people that are 35 and older that are all of a sudden have weird, they're, they're sick. I, I can think of a dozen of my friends right now that all of a sudden this year got sick with something terrible, some sort of cancer or, you know, one of these funguses that's taking over and, and the outcome according to the allopathic practitioners is death. And of course, then that also frees up either flesh or vessels, you know, new used cars and all that. So this is where I think we are with this right now. I want to see a path out, but James, I don't see one right now. Yes, it's it's getting dark, and we're seeing more and more of the AI overlay to the cryptocurrency uh, aspect that uh, Microsoft and Gates are pushing. I forget the name of the um, the, the patent number or something like zero six zero six zero six. I mean, yeah. that's how blatant they are <laughs> so uh, blatant. about these things. But the gist of it is, it's a essentially a nano AI system probably implantable through a microchip which will determine if someone uh, passes muster if someone has been medically treated if you will and if they're medically treated then it is permissible for them to start receiving cryptocurrency so they can buy and sell right i mean it's it's right there in their their patent description it's right there and you can go on their websites and read this stuff and that can only come about if a justification arose, like a pandemic or an alleged pandemic, to justify mass inoculations of the entire population of the surface. And they've already got that waiting in the wings. So it's not just, as we pointed out earlier, the potential harm that our mortal coil, our physical body, will receive from all this but it's also what comes next the death and dying process i'm one of those who believe that we are caught up in a feedback loop here endless recycling reincarnation memory swipe process set up by these archontic beings and executed by their hybrid plantation managers here on the surface so that we keep coming back increasingly to a more dystopian, more Orwellian, more oppressive system. Some of the points you just made tie right into that. It's this darkness that we're heading into. When everyone around you, it seems, parrots almost word for word. We see in nature this concept of mimicry, uh, Nishka, where... Like there's certain butterflies that will assume the guys are in appearance very similar to monarch butterflies, which are, are known to have a very rancid taste, and so birds avoid monarch butterflies. So another species has kind of adopted the guise of the monarch, so they, in, in essence, take on the, that mantle of protection. They look like a yucky-tasting butterfly but to most birds. It's a form of mimicry, and, and what we're seeing is this mimicry going on all around us where these people acting in very much an automaton fashion, uncritically, and uh, just endlessly repeat all the lies, all the mass gaslighting that we're, we're seeing through the media and through the entertainment industry, for example. And it's very much a they-live scenario talking about the the breeding down because this came up in our discussion with with Jerry the other day I would agree that they have through long term genetic manipulation and then on top of that the processed foods and and everything else the recycling of uh, aborted fetal tissue, basically murdered baby cells back into the vaccines and back into the food uh, cycle uh, via flavor enhancers, essentially turning people in mass into cannibals without their realizing it. 
that in itself will open people up to even more entity possession because we see in, in certain cultures around the world where cannibalism is still practiced in Africa, New Guinea, someplace like that, where some people literally succumb to some kind of illness where they just go mad and literally asphyxiate because they laugh themselves to death. A lot of that has to do with ingesting the brains of their of their kin who've passed away because of the archontic reptilian voodoo type programming that's been instilled into them. They believe that ingesting certain parts of, of the anatomy of their deceased ones allows them to take, <laughs> I mean, we know this is literal, but allows them to take on the spirit and the likeness of some and the best attributes of some of their deceased simply by eating parts of them, in particular the brain, right? And in some cultures, it's the heart. So they come down with a myriad list of illnesses. And in some places in Africa, this laughing illness, where they literally laugh themselves to death because of the madness and the energies that have overtaken them. So we see that, not quite to that degree, but trending in that direction. Because with psychological profiling being what it is, and because the controllers have the ability to not only profile people, but the way the entities work in a hive conscious fashion, uh, compelling certain students in our example to take certain classes, oh, like a diversity class in college or race issue uh, classes or whatever the case may be, these cultural Marxist programming type classes. It's all working in synergy. The entities goading, manipulating, influencing these students who've all been vaxxed, who've all been indoctrinated, who've all been mind-controlled to begin with, they feel compelled to take certain courses in school. And there's their instructor, Marxist, Leninist, Antifa type, who's there with all the training aids and all the indoctrination. And it becomes one big loose fest because the curricula all has to do with highly emotive, highly divisive issues. And these people have been pre-programmed through the processed food, through the allopathic treatments. They, many of them have already essentially ingested other human beings through the allopathic treatments and through their practice of eating processed foods and taking on these flavor and these mystery flavor enhancers. And then you combine that to the, the pop culture, all the music and the the symbology and everything else that comes out of Hollywood and comes out of the music industry. So you have these, these, these young people in particular that are primed and opened up and they're like pod people essentially. And they take all this on board and then here we are, we're in the midst of them. And, and we listen to what they talk about. We listen to this hive consciousness where they all seem to parrot and it turns into a big echo chamber. Everything they say is endlessly repeated and there's always a high emotional content. And I've learned, and I'm sure this has occurred to you, Nishka, that for many of these people, and they're not all young people too. We're talking about people in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s even. The programming is such that there's no point even trying to reason with them. There's no point even have a logical trivium type debate with them because they just lack the means they've been programmed to such an extent that any kind of stimuli that they have not heard before they've been programmed to reject in a very violent way and that's been encouraged and a lot of these people were borderline hosted by entities to begin with they don't need much encouragement nishka so if their peers and their instructors and the people they've been conditioned to look at as master authority figures are encouraging them in this, this rage and this uh, you know, violence, it's, it's coming into full flower now. So the pod people, they're just erupting like popcorn all over the place. And it's, it's turning very dark because what's, what's going to happen is now there's open calls and has been for some time assassinating political figures uh, 
rounding up the followers of certain political figures and putting them in camps. And this is all greeted with enthusiasm by the media, by talking heads in the think tanks and whatnot. And it's just further promoting this eliminationist mindset in a lot of people. So there's going to come a point in time when they're going to push for this allopathic treatment where everyone gets mass injected, mass vaccinated. And the dissenters, those who don't want to go along with that, will be demonized. Uh, if it's not the authorities messing with with the dissenters, it'll be the the submissive, the uh, kowtowing uh, neighbors and people who've been driven into a frenzied state of fear. So everything is based on, on these lower bandwidth frequencies, Nishka. And I think part of our job is to be that calm in the eye of this storm, so to speak, uh, because there's most people we have to come to grips with the fact that many people, friends and family, I wouldn't say they're lost causes, but I wouldn't spin my wheel spin my wheels on them either, uh, because when push comes to shove, when the basic utilities are cut, uh, water, electricity, sewage, what have you, when the food supply, which is already being severely curtailed starts to be rationed, starts to be allocated, depending on, let's say, the social credits of a given individual or family, <laughs> right? Now, these people that we think of as family and friends, they're going to be the first to uh, turn us in. And, and we've seen extremes of that in the Gulag archipelago, where cannibalism was rife, where the Groups of people who resorted to cannibalism would would literally prey on the weak, prey on those who did not have a support system, a male or female or child. They would just go and you know prey upon them, right? So this goes back to that whole thing about cannibalism in Africa and other places. The tendency, the the vulnerability towards that is already there, and, and I would suggest to your listeners that. A zombie apocalypse is not out of the question. It is not as far-fetched as it may seem. Many of the, the my labs that I work with that I know personally and myself, we've had very realistic dreams, and some of us would argue that some of it wasn't even really like a dream. Some of it was like a future timeline or an alternate reality where some of us went to these places and actually had to deal with a society overrun with flesh-eating zombies. And the ability to turn people into zombies is not that difficult, folks. Uh, it could be something as simple as some kind of a pathogen, some kind of a parasite, some kind of a chemical. We've seen what's happened with flaca, rabies. the uh, so-called bath salts, rabies, exactly. That could all be weaponized. And so... I'm not excluding that as a possible scenario because there, what I feel may happen, Nishka, I'd like your thoughts on this as well, is uh, they've really pushed the concept of, of a second wave. And there's no better way to demonize every dissenter out there, every non-mask-wearing person, than to utilize some pathogen or something, some chemical that seems to be making a lot of people visibly, demonstrably ill, vomiting the whole nine yards. And then they can point and say, see, this is the second wave, and it's all because of these people who refuse to wear masks. And then, never mind all the Antifa and VLM people that are thrashing everything and running around in great big mobs because they're, for some reason, they're not part of the equation. But just your average individual who just wants to be left alone, they're going to be demonized. And there's no better way to generate all this hatred towards the, the non-mask-wearing population than to get the second wave going with a real, this time a real pandemic. Yes. And also with a rollout of 5G uh, increasingly all over the place, I think. And you, you pointed out also the chemtrails and whatnot. So the potential exists that we may have a real pandemic uh, before too long that uh, will 
justify all these measures, which down the track may result in some people, for lack of a better term, turning into zombies. I mean, I know it's a, it's a dark thought, but um, you know, the possibility exists and we have to account for it. I've been tracking this. I've been tracking this hard because of the MyLabs experience that I've gone through. And so many of us that had this is a real narrative. This is really out there and you've addressed all the reasons why it's before us. I think it behooves everyone to consider the idea when one sick, one lashes out at those closest by. You see this in old homes. You see this with people that are really sick and they're not in their right mind and they're in pain. And it's those closest in that they lash out at because of proximity. And so we see this in rabies and wolf packs and in packs of animals. They One gets it and it's always the whole pack ends with it. And then, then it spreads further. This idea is real. It's easy to weaponize, and it's here. And one of the reasons why this first wave came through, and I do believe there's a genetic factor here in trying to expose certain genes, not necessarily genes in the way we think of them here and now, but in, on a different level and at a different uh, depth. And that's a that's a discussion for later at some other time. And I've talked a little bit about that. However, I want to resonate here with the zombie thing. Bodies are going to drop this time. This first rollout, this first wave with this transition from this transition already happened on at the highest levels, at the high of the high from the pyramid down. This whole thing from last year was always about that bottom layer of the pyramid, the folk, the common folk. And because it already went from all those at the top in control, trickling down to your government heads, to your police, and here we are. And so now that everyone's been spotted and there have been patterns created and we think in terms of algorithms with patterns and predictability with patterns, if you're a panther, if you're a big cat or a wolf that watches from the edge of the wood, you're looking for patterns. Pattern recognition is how you stay alive. This is no different. So the panther stalks for a long time and gets a pattern of its prey, and then it strikes out. You see this when it happens to humans from mountain lions in California. They're stalking joggers that jog at the same time every day. And so that that mountain lion knows when to attack without having a risk of being hurt. Because as a predator, you can't afford that. So there's algorithmic stuff here, for sure. And the idea of placing something like hydrogel that is now really fully come onto the scene. That's We're talking a very sinister form of uh, getting this tech into your main organ that separates you from the outer. That's your skin. And they can do this in Band-Aids. This is a big deal. This is a very big deal when you think about triage, when you think about uh, very simple things and easy to do. As easy as, say, when Bear was lacing their, their aspirin with nasties. Well, what's the difference between doing that? And this is stuff that's grounded in reality, this happened. You can look it up. All of this stuff is grounded in a base reality here. None of this is woo. And this is the thing where people get caught up. This all sounds so woo. If we pull it back and we ground it, the overlords have done this to us time and time again with many things. And and we've all talked about it from DDT to the Tuskegee, all this stuff. Well, what's the difference in lacing Band-Aids with hydrogel? Right? What's the difference with weaponizing brucellosis and putting it in food and inoculating dairy products? These are 
things that can and have happened in the past, there's no reason to believe that they're off the table or not being used now. And so where I'm coming at as we close in on this first hour is the idea of this next wave where real bodies are going to drop and real bodies are going to rise. And I put that in one of my videos, come and see is the video. So, uh, oh no, sorry. House of the Holy blood, the living are dead and the dead are living. That whole symbolic language I put into that video for this reason, I'm speaking plainly about it now instead of creatively and symbolically through a music video and one of the things so I'm ending wanting to end this on a strategy so here's the strategy as you addressed James there's no reasoning once this has been breached once once a vessel a person a soul has been breached or say over contracted there's no reasoning. What you're going to get is what you see on the news and TV and the crazy. You're going to get that. And people are getting it by not wearing masks. And they're getting ganged up by people wearing masks. So we see those videos by the thousands now, just thousands. I am suggesting that we do and think like these entities, like these very smart other types of life forms, like the cephalopods who know how to blend into an environment to avoid being eaten by a predator, by the moth that looks like a leaf or a pine cone, by the false monarch butterfly, and the mantids. They're notorious for blending into whatever their environment is, the leaf mandate. This is where if you want to move through this, you're going to have to get into this idea of camouflage, of blending to get through, just like they did in the 70s version of Body Snatchers. It is paramount. And so... My message is not to comply. My message is always move the energy around and try and, you know, survival is the name of the game always in whatever game you're playing. And that includes this level at this realm with things that are way more adept at this experience that we cannot see with our visual cortex. We cannot see these things around us. And this is also not woo-woo. So I suggest trying to blend. When you're trying to reason with someone that is compromised and you already know they're compromised because they're not listening to you. Fingers in the ears, la, 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 can't hear you. Or worse yet, now they're screaming and they're attacking. This is when you should blend unless you know that's the day that it could be you and you're next in line. So I wanted to bring that forward and get kind of closing remarks on that from you, James, and then also put forward how people can access you. Thank you, Nishka. I would agree with that entirely. Uh, I was just talking about the importance of of blending in and almost making a game out of it, uh, dealing with what I call the abnormies. There's no point debating them. See, we have to learn to get our egos under control. This egomaniacal notion that we always have to be right, we always have to get our point across, we always have to make others see our way. Uh, we're dealing largely with a hypnotized, mesmerized, brainwashed, entity-infested population, to put it quite frankly. So when I'm in amongst them, I don't want, and I know just based on the perceptions and what they talk about, just how enmeshed they are in the matrix, there's no point bringing up certain issues which will just cause divisiveness and make me out to be the demonic other. This is part of my Scorpio dragon nature. I'm, I've always been somewhat adept at blending in and 
being the, the face in the crowd and more often being the person in the back of the room that nobody notices or recognizes. And I like it that way. Also, having spent time in the intelligence community, I've been exposed to certain things where I'm watching TV and CNN and I know what they're saying is an outright lie because I've seen information that directly contradicts what they're lying about in a given instance in certain particulars. When one is exposed to that kind of information, one just cannot blurt out the first thing that comes to their mind because they're not sure where that information came from. So I've just learned over time to just not talk out of turn, to be a very good listener, and to answer things in a very innocuous uh, way. Uh, It's not too revealing. For those that are not used to that kind of thing, because there's this notion in the truth community that we have to be proselytizers, we have to be crusaders, we have to go around and, you know, like the missionaries of old, go around, go around converting everybody, right? No better way of drawing a target, a bullseye on your back. Uh, it goes back to what the late <laughs> Colonel David Hackworth said, an expert in guerrilla warfare who was targeted by Army counterintelligence uh, as a whistleblower. They tried to blow him up, basically. Anyway, he said, in a counterinsurgency environment, you have to out-G the G, and the G in this instance stands for the gorilla. You have to out-gorilla the gorilla. You have to think like a gorilla, right? Yes. And so when we find ourselves in, in the scenario, think of it this way, folks. You're on assignment Earth, okay? And at this point, just getting to the next day, getting to the next week, getting to the next month, going forward, that's a big accomplishment, Because the bottom line, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. The bottom line is to get to the finish line and cross over. And you're not going to get there if you're crusading, if you're battling people on on social media, if you're trying to convert the unconvertible, if that's a word, okay? And um, what was that last point you wanted me to get across before the end of the segment, uh, Nishka? That was it. The last point beyond that was how how to get hold of me. Yeah, yeah, your deets. (laughs) Uh, thecosmicswitchboard.com and you can find my YouTube channel James Bartley and uh, there's a lot of clone James Bartleys now but you'll know it's me because you'll see my picture and you'll see all the videos many of some of which have been banned by now of course so anyhow thecosmicswitchboard.com you can find my YouTube channel you can find me on Twitter and Facebook and soon I will uh, open an Instagram account to get the getaway you know increasingly from Facebook Yes, I left Facebook years ago, but I do have an Instagram, so I will find you. And on that note, we will be wrapping this up here. I want to thank you, James. This has been amazing. I'm so thrilled that you're able to really confront this stuff head on and in public. It's something I saw you one of your lectures somewhere where you did bring this up and no one wants to talk about this stuff they really don't and especially when you start looking at the reptoid the reptilian idea and how it plays into all of this and yet it's everywhere and we're in it and so this is a very significant gift to the community for ears that want to hear this and eyes that want to see this thank you and for everyone else we'll see you on the other side this has been the cosmic salon and there he goes james bartley i want to thank the producers of this program jason lamson michael watcher Melanie Poe, Christy Tesmer, Marin Kramer. You all put a sparkle in my day. Thank you. As well as all the other patrons through Patreon. At this point, I'd also like to make a note here for people that may be thinking they're supporting me by donating to Anchor.com. FM, where the podcast is housed to the public and are going to get access through that donation. It is not uh, a point of access to get the second hour. That's at my Patreon, which is Patreon forward slash Nish 
with two eyes and it's in the show notes the link for those that have contributed there i see there are a couple if you're looking to just contribute there and you would like the second hour of these programs send me a note and i will drop those uh, to over to you so thank you very much may you dream big May you continue to dream and push forward. And remember, nothing gets done without the work, the work on self. I am that I am is a big deal. I am all that I am. I am the darkness that I consume. I am the light that shines bright within that darkness. It is I, and I am it.